This past Sunday, I don't know if you noticed, but I was not in the adult class. Um, I was out of there. Brother Pat was teaching, and, and no disrespect to Brother Pat for being out, um, but my wife needed some help. And, and there was, she needed some help in, in her class, and she teaches the preschoolers. And so you can say, I, I will tell you, when I went to the minister's office after I was done, I was tucking my shirt in and trying to get everything back in place because I was at a whole different level, Sister Cheryl. I was bent over trying to get in their face and talk to them, and, and, and my shirt was just not made to tuck in that day. But I, I came away from that class with something that I feel burdened in my heart that I want to share with you, okay? And, and the burden that I felt this whole week is that, that we have got to get back to that childlike image of wh- who God is and what the scriptures say. See, we get so accustomed to we've memorized our chapter and we've read that verse a thousand times and, 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 and we've got things that we have to get accomplished that in reality, we forget that he is in control and that he has the power and the ability to do it all. Can you throw the verse up there for me, Zoe? Hebrews chapter 4 is where we're going to look. And for those of you who were in your class on Sunday, if you're younger, um, this is a verse that you would have heard. It says, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing of sunder of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow and the discerning of thoughts and the intents of the heart. Now, that's what I had to teach to three-year-olds. You guys can't see Sister Cheryl's face because she sits on the back. That was a little kick. But she gave the look that I had when that was the verse. But Sister Teresa, as I sat there at the table... And I started reading the scripture and looking at it. I thought, okay, so the word of God. So let's talk about our Bible. And I said, it's quick. What, what does the word quick mean to you? And Corey goes, fast. Fast as me. I said, you know what, Corey, that's right. The word of God is fast. And it can, God can move into any situation that you have. And then I said, so... What about what's powerful mean? And Killian goes, oh, it's strong. And I kid you not, he threw his arm up in the air. And I thought, man, you are so right. The word of God is strong. We take it as our daily dose, I hope. And then we go about our day and we start lifting and we start moving and we start manipulating. And we forget about what God does. Because he's the strong one, right? And then it says, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And you know how the boys are. As soon as they heard the word sword, they were ready to go. You know, they were, you know, jumping up and swinging it and, and going through the motions. And, of course, the girls were a little prim and proper. They weren't doing that. But what I walked away with was I had never looked at that verse with that excitement. And that burdened my heart this week because what else do I look at God's word and I don't look at it through a child's eyes I don't look at it with that belief and excitement that God can do it see but yet we want to go into a a a room where someone's sick 
And we want to pray for them that they get better. We want to go into a home that a family that's broke up or a child that's run away that's not following God. And we want to say, you know what? God will get you through this. But we've got to have that same approach with it. We've got to understand that God can do it. God is powerful. God is able to move in situations. And see, we can't just sit back and we can't just say, you know what? I'm going to pray for you that you get better. We've got to start saying, you know what? In Jesus' name, you're going to get better. And I know that things are going to change. And not only that, but Jesus, I'm thanking you right now because you're already sending angels into this situation. You're already ministering to this need. And it might not be to the full fruition of what I see, but I understand that you're doing some stuff in the background and you're in control of it all. See, that's the approach we have to have. And I think, just like I said, even in myself, I feel overwhelmed or I feel that the world wants me to think that I have no hope. That I have a place where that there's nothing that can be accomplished. Even me. Because, listen, but that's what the world wants us to think. The world wants us to think that you're all done. That you're all out and there's nothing else that's there. And when you think about that, you see that the the scripture says here that if we'll go back to one section in it, it talks about the sword being two-edged. And I thought, wow, how does that that relate to where we're at and, and thinking about the excitement and thinking about how the child would approach it with those eyes? And then I heard someone say that the sword, and this is, not, this is my example of a sword, it's a little letter opener, right? But it's sharp on each side. So not only is it cutting the world, but when it comes back, it cuts too. So we've got to be prepared when we're swinging the word of God that, yes, we're cutting the world and we're showing and pointing out sin, But also, God is removing things from our life that needs to be trimmed, that needs to be cut back. See, you have to remember that the word is alive and it breathes. The word changes. The word moves. The word is all-knowing and all-powerful. The word was in the beginning and will be in the end. All of that is true about the word of God. All of that is true about what you carry in your hand. Do you understand that when you walk out in the world, you're carrying the word that God breathed, basically? This is God's breath. And you have the ability and the opportunity to carry it through your life every day, in every scenario, in every circumstance. And you have the opportunity to share it with a world that does not know anything about God, that is sitting in their pits, that feel that they have no control and no ability or escape, but there is a word of God that breathes into their life, and you are the one that walks out there. But how do you walk out there? Do you walk out there like the little three-year-old and says, you know what? God's in control. God is powerful. God can change every circumstance. Because see, what they're hearing is the wages of sin is death, which that's true. That's the Bible. That's the word of God cutting and pointing out that there is a fault. There is something that has to be paid. There is a thing that comes due. And sin has a cost. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God in Romans chapter 3 and verse 23. See, all of this is cutting. All of this is digging away. Because you have to understand that you are not a perfect creature. Because, listen, that's hard for a lot of us. It is. 
Because we want to think that what we do is right. We want to think that the situation that we've put ourselves in, we have complete control over. When in reality, we don't. And we've got to understand that there is none righteous, no, not one, in Romans chapter 3. But we also have to remember that in 2 Timothy, it says for teaching, for reproof, for correction. Okay, so that's talking about you and I. That's talking about you and I learning what we need to do. You and I walking through our daily life. You and I going through our life and trimming the fat off of what we're doing. And understanding that no matter what, there's things that have to be done. Because listen, who in here has played the game life? The board game. Anybody played the board game in life? Okay, who, who reads all the directions on how to play the game? Nobody? Okay, see, so I do. <laughs> we get a new board game, I want to read every page. I want to know what we're playing, how we're playing, and how I'm going to win. Okay? So, and that's what, that's what your word of God is. God has given you a playbook. He has given you the instructions of how you should live your life. And sadly, we look at it from an adult's perspective of I've got this under control I don't need any directions, and I'll play the game the way I want to. And sadly, when it comes time to the end to add up your points, you're going to find out that you don't have the points where you need them. You haven't made the right selections where you should. See, it says in John chapter 14 and verse 15, it says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. That's Jesus talking there. In Revelations, he's talking about the church of Laodicea. He says, many as I love, I rebuke. See, there's so much that you have to understand that with the good comes the bad. With the correction comes the love and the grace and the mercy. Because there's a process that you have to go through. See, you can step back and say, man, Brother John, I don't know. I will never get to that point. I don't know that I will be able to get done what needs to happen. I, I want to challenge you with something. And I don't even know if you've read it or if, you, if you've seen it before. In Matthew chapter 16, Jesus is talking to Peter. And Peter is the guy that's going to get the keys, right? He's the guy that is going to lead the church, It's going to build the church on this foundation, it says in 18, verse 18, chapter 16, it says, And I say unto thee, Thou art Peter, and upon this house I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou loosen on earth shall be loosened in heaven. And he charged his disciples, and they should talk, tell no man that he is Jesus the Christ. Because he's asked them, what, who do they say I am? And Jesus starts talking to his disciples and he starts preparing them for what's going to happen. Now, now, this is the man that he just said is going to lead the church. It says, from the time forth began Jesus to show unto the disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things for the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised again on the third day. Now, the guy that's going to lead everything. And Peter took him. Who's him? Peter took Jesus. Peter, Peter took the man of God 
and, and, and takes him off to the side as the disciples are there. That's what happened. You can see that. Thank you. <laughs> that's, that's how it played out. The man that was going to lead everything grabbed Jesus and took him. And it says here that the very next thing, and began to rebuke him. Peter rebuked Jesus. The man that was going to lead the church looked at Jesus, the Christ, and said, there's no way this is not going to happen. And I'm, pers- I, I, I'm adding that because it just says it rebuked him. It doesn't really say in great detail what they said. But it says he rebuked him. And when you think about it, it says, and then the Lord, this shall not be unto thee. He's telling him, it's, there's no way this is going to happen. And he turned and said to Peter, the same guy that was going to lead the church, get thee behind me, Satan. So the guy that he had promoted, that he had encouraged, and said, you're going to be the guy. He's now taking him in front of everybody and calling him Satan. Because see what I'm saying? All of this stuff happens. Because you've got to understand that no matter how close you walk to God, there is going to come a time of correction. There's going to come a time where God needs to show you some things that need to be cut out of your life. Because you've got to understand that for God's will to move in your circumstance, you've got to be able to be malleable and you've got to be able to change. And you've got to say, you know what? Just because I acted this way yesterday doesn't mean I'm going to act that way tomorrow. And just because I'm not praying today doesn't mean I'm not going to pray tomorrow. And just because I'm not speaking faith into my life doesn't mean that I'm not going to speak faith into my life tomorrow, right? And no matter what age I am, I can still look at it like a child. I can still be excited about what God is doing. I can still be excited about where God is going. And I can still be excited that there is a home that is built for me that God prepared that man did not. Because there is a home that we are seeking. Because see, through it all, you have to understand that he is in control. And when you understand that he doesn't fit in your box... See, that's the problem. We want to put God in our box. We want to know when he can work and when he can't work. We want to know what parameters we can put him in. And we want to take him and say, listen, I got this. You take care of that. When in reality, we've got to just turn it all over. See, I don't know where you guys have been this last month, but I feel, and I'm going to be really transparent with you, I have felt a little disconnected. Right? And so, not from the spirit, but just disconnected. And I can't tell you how many times I've had this body reach out and send a text. And say, hey, just thinking about you. Hey, just wanting to encourage you. Hey, I know that there's probably some stuff going on. If you need anything, you know where to find me. Because see, we serve a God that knows what our day is. And if I put God in a box and say that he can't help me on Monday, but he can help me on Tuesday, then where does your prayer come on Monday? See, we've got to understand that no matter what, we've got to be ready. The other thing that I wanted to bring to your attention tonight, and and this is a verse that we we say frequently, and it's in 1 Peter chapter 5. In chapter 5 and verse 8, you've heard this passage multiple times. Be sober. Be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. 
Now, we understand that this word of God is breathed word, that he is every word and every sentence is important. Do we understand that? Yes. So, so if we understand that every word is important and we understand that we need to look at it, when you go back and read the chapter and you start off in the first verse in chapter 5 and verse 1, it says, The elders which are among you, we exhort you. And also the elders and the witnesses of the suffering of Christ and the partakers of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flocks. Wait a minute. Sorry, too far. Let's start at verse 5. 5 and 5. It says, Likewise, ye youngers, submit yourselves unto the elders. Ye also submit one to another and be clothed with humility, for God resisteth the proud and give us grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting your cares upon him, for he careth for you. Then it says, be sober, be vigilant. So there was a lot of stuff that I needed to do before I was sober and vigilant. I need to be submitted to the elders of the body. I need to be submitted one to another. I need to be humble. I need to be have humility. I've got to have humble. I've got to have grace. All that stuff. I've got to be ready and be under the mighty hand of God. I've got to, and he will be the one that exhausts me. But then on top of that, I've got to take every care, cast all your care upon him. Not the stuff that you hold on to. It says all. Every bit of it. You have to take it and you have to lay it down and you have to say, you know what, God, I don't have control of this. I don't have the ability to fix this. And even if I did, I don't want it because you're the one that is in control and you lay it down at his feet. And when you lay it down at his feet, it says, then it says, be sober, be vigilant because you're adversary. But we want to jump out and say, listen, be sober, be vigilant because the lion, he's walking around seeing me who he may desire. We don't say, listen. You need to be submitted to the church. You need to be submitted one to another. You need to have humility. You need to be humble. You need to understand that God will exalt you when God exalts you. And you also got to understand that you've got to surrender it all. There's a lot of stuff there. There's a lot of stuff that you have to say, okay, I'm good with. And I can give it to God. Because listen, as an adult, we see this sword and we read that verse that we read in the very beginning, and we say it's the sharp-edged swords, two-edged sword, and it pierces even asunder, and it's going to cut into you, and it's going to make you understand that God is true, which it will, and we don't think anything about ourselves Because we think about where we were, not where we are. We think about the sin that was in our life that we left behind because God brought us out of it. Instead of how is God developing me and how is God growing me? How is God moving me to a next level? How is God advancing me in my scriptures? How is God advancing me in my prayer life? Do I have the ability to look at it that I have not graduated? Because listen, when you've graduated, you're no longer here. God took you home. Right? Through my, through my life, I have seen saints that have been able to set back and say, I've done my part. I did that before. I was in that class. I was in that Bible study. I took that that sermon series. I've done all of that. And I'm going to tell you, my little rotten self wanted to say, 
Well, if you're that perfect, it's time to go home. I didn't. Probably would have been in the office with the pastor and the family. But, but we've got to understand that as a child, what is the most exciting thing that a child does in Sunday school? Do you guys know? Chicken wings. No, it's not chicken wings. It's promotion. Promotion. They want to go to the next class. They want to feel like they're older. They want to feel like they're more mature. And they say, I can't wait till I can go to Sister Angie's class. I can't wait till I get to move up. I can't wait till I make it into the teen class. I want to be able to be in there where the older kids are. And they see it as levels. But I wonder, do we as adults see the same thing in the church? Or do we say, you know what, I'm okay with being a pew warmer. I'm okay with just praying every once in a while. I'll open my Bible when I need to. Or are you saying, man, there's a new visitor with us. There's a new family that I saw. I'm going to invite someone to church on Sunday. I'm going to make sure that I can be their point of contact if they need someone. I'm going to make sure that I'm going to be devoted to my word. I'm going to start reading my Bible every day. I'm going to start making sure that I can pray for 15 minutes this week. And then maybe in two weeks I'll up it to 20. And I'm going to continue a process. I'm going to say I'm going to read my Bible this year. And I'm going to get through it this time. Because I only made it to July last, but I'll tell you this time I'm going to make it to at least September. See, are you looking for hurdles to show that you're maturing in Christ, or are you just happy with the status quo? Because Brother Matt alluded to the status quo on Sunday, and it was lukewarm. Said you didn't like it. God doesn't like lukewarm. He would rather you be hot or cold. And I'm going to tell you, I find myself sometimes in situations where I'm lukewarm. And, and, and I find myself in those scenarios where, guess what? I have to give myself a kick. And I have to say, listen, okay, what's going on in your life? What have you changed? What have you cut out? There was a time in my life that when I was driving to work and I was, I was listening to some contemporary Christian music and, and I would get in there and I'd get my worship on. But I used to start my day with my word. I would get in, I'd turn my scriptures on, I would read through my Bible. As I'm driving down the road, I would do my 20, 30 minutes. Then the last 10 minutes, I would turn on worship radio. And I would listen to songs that uplift and praise God. And then one morning, I don't know how it happened, I just stopped turning on the Bible. And I went straight to the worship music. It just synced up on my phone. I was listening. Maybe there was a song. I don't know how God speaks to you. God speaks to me through song. Okay? There will be a song when I get in the shower for my day. There will be a song in the morning time that comes to my mind. And that song sort of carries me through the day of trials that I'm having. And so I found myself repeating a song, and I'm pretty sure that's how I got on it. But what I noticed was a week later, I said, wow, what's going on in my life? Why do I feel like something's not right? And when I gave myself a kick, I noticed, I was like, wait, you didn't start with Scripture this morning. See, we've got to be able to move through these hurdles in our life. And we've got to be able to do a self-check on us. That's right. Because the only way that we understand that we're getting closer and closer to God is when we hear his voice in a still small voice. Because see, 
if your world is so loud that he has to scream, I don't know that he will. And how many times have you walked past a whisper? The world wants us to be distracted. The world wants you not to feel like you're a child. The world tells you you need to grow up. But in reality, God wants you to be as a child. He wants you to listen for the whisper. He wants you to look at his word with excitement. He wants you to understand that, yes, there's going to be times he's going to have to slap your hands. But there's also going to be times that he gives you blessings that abound. There's going to be those buckets full of candy that show up and you're like how did it happen and God's like because you were faithful because you were able to listen when I whispered you were able to see that soul that everyone else walked by see we're getting ready and and I'm getting ready to close I, I, I need us to look at the word of God with excitement with clarity with not a complete understanding, but knowing that God can move in any situation. Tomorrow night, we start our Be Free series with our staff. And it is a recovery class that we are starting in Montgomery, and and we should have it online within the next three weeks, hopefully, for people to come to. But these are people that feel like they're at the end, that they have no hope that society has looked down upon that there is no way you can get any better and what i want to look at them as is i want to look at them as a creature that god can change everything i don't want them to look at me and say you know what i don't buy it because listen your kids When you tell them that you're proud of them, do they know if you mean it? They do. Do When you tell them that you believe that they can do the thing that sets before them, they know if you mean it. These children that we're going to come into contact with, they need this body to be able to look at them and say, you know what? I serve a God that is in control. I serve a God that is able to change circumstances. I serve a God that raises the dead back to life. I serve a God that heals the sick. I serve a God that speaks life into existence in situations. I serve a God that calms the storm that is around you. I serve a God that brings a prophet out of the belly of a fish in the deepest pits of despair. I serve a God that does all of that. And you can look at me and you can say, you know what? No, really. He, he, he deserves a hand clap for that. Because listen, that's where these people are going to be. There's going to be a storm that is around them that we have to speak louder than. They're going to be in pits of despair that Jonah couldn't even handle. And they've lived there for weeks, months, years. And we've got to be the light. We've got to be the one that says, you know what? 
I believe that you can do this. I believe that you can change this because Jesus Christ is going to be able to show you how it's done. And not only that, when you feel like you're alone and you feel like there's no one else there and you feel in your times of past where you say, man, I have just been completely forgotten about, Jesus never forgot about you. Because he raised up a ministry to bring forth a class that's going to show you that he's here. That's where we have to be. And listen, we have to do that as that childlike faith. If you will stand with me this evening, I know this was a little different than what we normally do. But I want to pray. We, we have a faith and we're believing that there are 20 souls right now that will be in that class in three weeks. I know that there are more. But I know, I, have, I feel in my spirit that God really has prepared 20 people. And not only that, I know that there is going to be a birthing and a harvest that comes from those 20. Because there's going to be families, there's going to be children, there's going to be souls that need loving. And, and, and what we have to do is show them grace and mercy. And look at it just like Killian did. That God is all-powerful. And God is a quick... And he is in control of everything. So as we pray tonight, if there is anyone in your family or in your community or in your life, I would ask that you come forward to the altar because we would like to pray for them specifically. I would like for you to stand in their place. So if you have family members, you have lost loved ones, you have people that are in addiction that you work with, if there's anyone like that, I would like for you to come forward in believing that they are going to get healed and God is going to move in their life.